0: everyone. This is Sarah Mason from the HMC Network, and this podcast is for the Creative Cow. We'll be talking about the Sony FX9, their new Cinema Lens series camcorder, and I am here with Cutter Stevens. Hello. Introduce yourself, Cutter.
1: I'm Cutter Stevens. I'm the senior engineer at Parcel Post, Very and cool. uh, I've been, yeah.
0: And we've known each other, full disclosure, for a long time. For a long time. <laughs> <laughs> And Sergio Panero, independent filmmaker, introduce yourself, sir.
2: Hi, hi, I'm Sergio Panero. Yeah, a writer, director, all around freelancer.
0: Award-winning director.
2: Sure. That's sure. true. <laughs> this is true.
0: <laughs> and also Sony, Sony user.
2: Yes, I uh, currently use the uh, A7 III.
0: Great. So Sony introduced the camera at IBC this year, which just happened about a week ago in Amsterdam. We were fortunate enough to get kind of a first look at it. And we're going to talk a little bit about the specs and also practical uses for this. I mean, the big takeaway is that it's full frame 4K. And... Uh, It's CMOS Global shutter. It's intended for broadcast, but also, as they've said all the time, run and gun, which has become a new drinking game thanks to Sergio. (laughs) That's Sony's new buzz term, run and gun. What is run and gun anyways?
2: That's a great... I mean, it, it encompasses so much. I mean, you can go from anything from like a crew of about, you know, four to... You know one to four people mm-hmm. where you've got someone operating camera you've got someone operating sound separately all the way down to just someone grabs a camera, slaps a mic on it, and takes you know a subject out and just starts to
1: shoot you well, know? I think the idea is more you know I'm not putting this on sticks, I'm not having a focus puller, yeah blah blah, blah. I am literally running and gunning shooting yeah okay. so. I mean, I think that's the idea versus you know their whole one man band, which is probably another drinking. Well, right, so they're clearly you know. trying
0: to get that message across yeah, because small Any time anyone from Sony talks about this camera, they say the phrase "run and gun" run about and gun. ten times.
2: Which, yeah. which is also a little interesting because it's it's a fairly high profile camera, you know, meaning like
1: it's not in that upper price range from what other yeah. run and gun kind of cameras and are, by the way the price be, range
0: is 11k for the body 13.5 for, with the lens and then you we will get into this but you have to really get you don't
1: have G8. to well but,
0: to make it work the way you but, want to make it work you're going to have to spend about 20 20k probably yeah,
2: yeah. and what i mean by high profile too i'm talking even just physically you know yeah. like when they talk about you know with shooting DSLRs it's like Considered low profile because you you look if you stripped it down to no rig no cage you know just the camera itself and a little bit of sound you know you can kind of get away with looking like you're a tourist or you're just out for street photography mm. whereas if you walk out the door with one of those you're clearly shooting
1: something yeah you're you know? you're a professional so <laughs> there's a certain
2: there's a floor to that run and gun that you you will not be able to go below you know there, right. there's a certain amount of like stealth you will not have you
0: know? yeah. yeah so. Let's talk about the features, at least the ones they want us to talk about, and then we'll talk about the ones we want to talk about. (laughs) Uh, So, they say 6K full frame.
1: It's a 6K sensor. You can't shoot 6K. Right. Yet. Yet.
0: Yet. Uh, So, thoughts on this? Like, is this cool? Is this something that everybody should be really excited about?
2: If, If your target is 4K... I mean, you, yeah, it's great, because now you're getting extra information sort of crammed down into a 4K picture, you know, there's it, it's capturing at 6K and outputting that 4K, so you're going to have, you know, a good, a crisper picture than something that's just uh, capturing at 4K.
1: Yeah, the, you know, and all these sensors, you know, the, the way the edges work, you know, there's always going to be some clipping loss or whatever, so... When you have an overscan of the actual sensor itself, it's going to give you a better 4K or UHD or whatever picture. Um,
0: But then, I mean, you brought this up when we met with them about RAW.
1: Yeah, well, the RAW technically will be all 6Ks, I guess. Yeah. But it's hard to say what Sony's going to do with the RAW. Sony has had a long history of being weird with... (laughs) <laughs> you know, there are raw information, which is going to be, this is going to be sick What does that mean? Bit. You
0: want to elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Well, with other RAWs, and there are a legion of RAWs from every camera manufacturer, and Apple has a RAW now, mm. basically it's, you got to look at RAW the way, if you used film, you would look at a negative. You can't really use it in its form as mm-hmm. RAW. You have to process it, but you do have... Every scrap of information that the camera is going to give you from, like, what kind of camera it is, mm-hmm. what the ISO settings, etc., 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 just everything. And most of that you can throw away, um, but you know, it's there in the RAW. so it's a lot of data to go through. And 16 bits is a lot mm. of data. And you know, there's some question about what the RAW recorder is going to be. I don't know if Sony is going to do their own, or you're going to use the Shogun from Atmos, or Neo or whatever, you know, but it's going to be something pretty heavy to be able to record 16 bit RAW because that's.
2: Now, take. (laughs) Just as a quick question, like, say I take that footage and I input it into Premiere Final Cut.
1: Yeah. How do I expect
2: that footage to
0: perform under normal CPU?
1: Again, you know, Sony, one of the big complaints about RAW with the old F65 and to some extent Neo is that, well, one, Sony is a. your SDK is difficult to work with. A lot of people don't work with it well. There's only so many ways you can kind of decode it. It usually takes a hell of a lot of CPU, like thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of CPU. Um, but we will see. Um, maybe people will be taking that RAW and turning it into you know, an a Apple ProRes RAW, which is a little easier to deal with. It takes a lot of that information out. Um, but generally if you're working with raw you're needing some processing power regardless whether i mean everybody remembers everyone knows that now i mean like like
0: for work i mean like red raw was a
1: perfect example where you needed the red rocket for almost everything and nowadays they did big kind of deal with nvidia where now the new rtx nvidia cards are really taking the brunt of that decoding Mm -hmm. load and maybe it'll work the same way with sony raw um Hard to say, but
0: let me just point out that Cutter is a workflow specialist, <laughs> <laughs> and the,
1: I make stuff work. That is which, my And monitor. this
0: is why you're here, because I think this conversation is really important. Yeah. Because you know, Sergio shoots and is a filmmaker, and you know, we want to hear about this from your perspective. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do with it all? You know, you have
2: to. I'll tell you what I start to do is I just barrel forward and input all the footage, and I just start working with it. And then after the sixth crash of my computer, (laughs) I would call someone (laughs) like you and be like, "What am I doing wrong? And how do I fix that?" Well, most
1: of the time, I would assume for the ninety-eight percent of your editing, you're proxying it into something, a ProRes or you know what, something that's processed and you know, really able to be used. And then when you have to do color correction that, you know, those final steps, you know, putting LUTs in where you want that, all that information, that's when you use the RAW. And that's when you go to a, you know, a a final cut kind of place. Yeah. And edit it on something beefy. But... I, that <laughs> well, other 90%. I,
2: I will say nine. that I've, I've been able to just out of brute force and sheer will, you know, to have had projects where it is on raw and I will create like, you know, your proxies but then at the end of the day, like you switch over, f- you know, for still frames, you uh, do a little color correction maybe it'll play you five seconds at maybe. real time <laughs> yeah. and that's enough for me to get a sense of like what the image will look like, switch back to the proxies, keep going, you know, and, and, then and that's there's the a workflow. way right? there's a way to get that so, without having to go and get that $10,000 iMac, you know, or yeah, Mac you're,
1: Pro. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to be spending $50,000, yeah. you know, after all is said and done for something that can handle that kind of RAW. And yeah. I've never Sorry, actually... Sony. Well, I've <laughs> never actually used 16-bit RAW. I've dealt with 16-bit footage and everything like that, but 16-bit RAW is nasty big. You know, yeah. 12-bit RAW is kind of what kind of red is and that's usable to some extent with the right system, but
0: well, I mean, I think <laughs> this is important conversation because it, you know, they are, they're saying, look, we have this now. And so the quality of the picture is going to be incredible. Well, and so- but yet they're trying to build this as a running gun. So like the quality is incredible for those who can afford an elaborate workflow mm-hmm. and, um,
1: Well, 16-bit is also really becoming a thing because of the rise of streaming. Right. And when you give your final product to Netflix or whatever, they're going to compress the crap out of it to be able to get it through their streaming pipes and the bad American infrastructure. So they want 16-bits if they can get it so they can compress the shit out of it later on. Um, So like Netflix, Hulu... Amazon, they're all asking for sixteen bit deliverables and IMF or whatever. So that kind of DCP high, high, high is quality you can get. So I think that's why Sony's going sixteen versus twelve bit, ten okay. bit, eight bit mm. raw.
0: Well let's keep talking about their
1: their cool features. Uh, <laughs> okay. but, uh
0: the, the FX nine offers fifteen plus stops of dynamic range. Um, we're, we're on the beyond the, the normal range of human perception, <laughs> I guess. <Yeah.
2: laughs> Most cameras nowadays will probably get you a minimum ten plus all the way up to I mean, what's the best? What are we looking at like the Aries and mostly like eight,
1: that are, but you yeah. Know. It all seems to be going in that so double digit stop. It. Well, <laughs> <No>, it's it's <laughs> on the
2: higher end. high, right.
1: high dynamic range. Is adding, you know, new needs to, you know, whatever the standard cameras have been in the past. Yeah. So, you know, with when you're working with HDR or whatever, so those those stops of whatever, yeah. you know, F, ISO, what have you, is, is all becoming needed yeah. where it wasn't in the last, you know, half decade or so. Yeah.
0: Uh, Dual-based ISO. Uh, they talked a lot about this in... Uh, the press event because in terms of any light you know being yeah. able to get the same kind of quality of images in any different in any kind of light you're in
1: well that's another thing i think they're taking from the higher end venice camera which is their super film cinema style camera and i mean for this type of camera i don't know how big a difference it makes for you know one man band running gun shooters having yeah. that capability I mean, you could probably answer it more than me. I mean, it's a nice feature to have, and I guess it's something to talk about. But
2: yeah, they they seem to want. They, it looks like they're trying to pull from several different camera systems. Like yeah. they're trying to pull little bits of of the A seven series of pulling, which we'll get into later. But like they'll this one being the we want this camera to look a bit more cinematic and filmic. So mm-hmm. you're you're increasing, the, you know, with the full frame sensor, you're getting that shallower depth of field, which definitely lends itself. To cinematic quality, you're getting the color science from the Venice, which is right. clearly we want this to look more cinematic, and so that yeah,
0: that's another thing they talked a lot about is the color science from the Venice, um, which is cool. I yeah. mean, yeah, but again, it's like it's like you're saying it's all about trying to make it more cinematic.
2: Yeah, it seems like they're trying to ride sort of uh, straddle several different of uh, their existing camera lines with you know pulling and sort of cherry picking bits and pieces to create this. What seems to be largely aimed at broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean definitely with the raw out, you're looking at more broadcasty stuff, and you know I don't know how they're going to be 12 ing out of the back if they you know want to do kind of live stuff and 12g, 6g, whatever. Uh, probably 12, knowing. Uh, but you know, I definitely see it more as yeah, the running gun style one man band. You're shooting documentary. Uh,
0: documentary is definitely something I could see just mm-hmm. being, you know, popular.
2: Yeah, and the yeah. game for documentaries visually has gotten better right. in the last five to ten years. I mean, there's stuff nowadays, you're watching it, and it's shot feature style. Yeah. You know, you're right. getting reenactments shot like like any feature film you're going to see in the theater. So right. the, really, the, the visual game for documentaries is way up.
0: And the price point's right for mm-hmm. documentary filmmakers. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, so I... I, I
1: and I'm sure there'll be a pretty robust rental I mean there's a robust rental market for the FS Foxtrot Sierra 7 mm-hmm. um, you know as far as you know those types of productions I mean there's a robust rental market for their XD cam line but, mm. you know tiny little camcorders so, right you know this is definitely you know I've seen the fs7 their previous gen I guess more Which than still the exists mark II. by the way they're yeah. not the mark two really, is yeah. um, the but the original one, which made everyone lose their goddamn minds, right. um, I've seen in every kind of production. And, you know, they were talking about it using as B-cam for mm. Venice stuff, which they definitely do. And I'll just add their one of their big talking points was the time code uh, and Genlock um, now on the camera versus on their $10,000 backplane. Right. Um so for b cam use, you can gen lock it to your Venice camera or whatever else you're using, mm-hmm. and you know get that That's- second angle that you need for whatever it is you're doing. I think that actually is going to be important for you know a lot of say broadcast style, what you know, interviews, documentary, that type of stuff where you yeah. want that side angle for your conversation or
2: yeah, and they were blah, very blah, blah. quick to point out that this does not replace the F S seven series. It, it that it's considered yeah. like the step above and should be used in complement with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yet, so I, I assume the used or rental market for the F S seven is gonna explode. Oh, explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, selectable frame rates, both full frame and Super 35.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I think they said they're going to be able to go up to 120 at HD.
0: Yeah, they did. Uh, so. Yeah.
1: That's going to be so slow mo people right. uh, who's doing, well, I don't know, shooting surfing or in LA or whatever sports. um,
0: Yeah, sports stuff. Yeah, we could even see like. And I, I don't know. Still works with documentary stuff. Yeah. And.
1: And then they have their new software, uh, Sony Prelude or something like that, um, which uh, basically can read all their metadata that comes with this, which will help for slow-mo and the anti-jitter and everything like that. So it's going to be a pretty big metadata file that you'll get outside of the RAW. Uh, And I... I got to think that Premiere and Avid and Mm. all the others will be implementing this, you know, metadata capability. They would be idiots not to. You know.
0: Yeah. Do we talk about the autofocus? Not yet. Yeah. I mean, that was something they talked a lot about. And like initially, a lot of, I think, and you can answer this, but I would think that that would turn some people off when they first heard it that like to have the control but actually when you get into you actually play with it and see it it's pretty cool
2: yeah it's it's depending on use you know like if i'm shooting something like a short film or even if you know low low budget feature or music video like i'm going to want that manual capabilities to be able to just you know pull focus myself but the the autofocus is really going to be helpful. Again, the one man band, <laughs> running and gunning. Yeah, uh, yeah, they can stand in for if they're doing its stuff themselves. They can stand in front of the camera and not worry about whether it's going to be picking them up in focus. Especially considering the CMOS sensor will definitely increase your yeah your depth of f- your quite deep, a bit your depth of field. Yeah, well,
1: and again, if you're using you know not just your regular Sony zoom yeah. power lens, you know a lot of people are. You know, got lenses from previous technologies, right. and yeah, you, you know, there a lot of autofocus is going to help with, you know, priming and stuff like that, yeah. so, because yeah, the depth of field is going to be different than anything you'd used before. Yeah.
0: Well, again, with sports, and I mean, I, on their website, they have a picture of a horse, you know, or like, so if the horse is rushing towards you and something fast moving that you're trying to capture, that will will track track yeah
1: i'm sure you can turn it off in the menu i'm sure yes yeah. you no know,
0: you can that's that uh, you can definitely um yeah and it has custom,
1: it's got customizable
0: settings um and that's
1: all coming from their a alpha series right you know which so you've had some experience with it on still
2: and yeah, it does all, it does all right. If you're putting glass on it, like say from like adapting it from a like a Canon lens, right. which is what I had cuz I previously had the 5Ds mm-hmm. and then I switched oh, over did? to the A7 series. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: Maybe I, I didn't know that. Yeah.
2: On that for a long time. Why
0: did you switch by the way?
2: Uh so the the S-log look, I really enjoy it. Like I really like the oh, S-log Sony being able log. to yeah, yeah. being okay. able to play with the sort of the the latitude that you get. You know, because the five Ds were great. They're very cinematic. They're very, but it was very easy for them to blow out. You know, you could get that. You have to do internal sort of like adjustments with like decreasing, making it a bit flatter to Mm -hmm. shoot, which is essentially what S Log does ahead of uh, for you. Uh, And so, you know, there was that. There was also the fact that just the, the I bought it before they released the most recent uh upgrade to the 5d oh, okay. i believe there's the mark 4 uh so i you know i was just in a position where i want to get a new camera the ones that i had were only shooting 1080 you know and i right. needed something uh, 4k okay. and just the timing for me worked Got it. and and you know i'd done some research and it definitely seemed you know picture quality you know the sensor mm-hmm. um autofocus wasn't so much of an issue for me just because mm-hmm. i don't need it i don't use it for that kind of stuff um But yeah, like the looks of it, I checked out a ton of videos of like what you could do with the camera, what does the S-Log get you visually, and I really enjoyed that look.
0: And we should say, you do a lot of horror films, or you've done several. Yes. And
2: low-light capability. Okay. That was the other thing. Yeah.
0: So what did you shoot forever?
1: We shot that 5D.
0: You did? Yeah. Okay.
1: Again, 5D is, well, Mark IV at least is, what, eight? years old now. Yeah, and I was still on the and, two it, the classic. Right. Oh, and wow. and that's again before, you know, 4K really made it splash, before high dynamic range certainly. Um so there's a lot of things that's come out in the last 5 years that you know, these new cameras are addressing. So yeah. yeah. You know, if you are one of those guys who's using a Canon or the older style cameras, you, you know, you're got a limited time to really kind of do what you need to do because, you know, 4K is going to be the new HD. It already is that. Right. You know, um, so, you know, when you're delivering anything lower than 4K is going to be more and more difficult. And yeah. then, you know, nowadays with Dolby Vision and every goddamn TV that's sold, HDR is going to be more and more important mm-hmm. um, as far as anything that you want to deliver to anybody, mm-hmm. you know, outside of general broadcast TV and even that's probably going to get difficult.
0: Yeah here's another feature: uh (laughs) world's first electronic variable neutral density filter do we care we they they, that's a shooter question (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean there's two schools of thought i mean you've got your camps that say i want my nd filtration to be optical i want glass in front of my lens Mm -hmm. and there's purists that will go that way
1: could that even happen anymore yeah
2: i mean then you're talking about again you're increasing your profile because now you're putting the camera on rods you're putting the matte box right sliders in there or you're which actually what i have there's like a a threadable and variable nd filter and you just screw it on the lens Mm -hmm. and you have like it has an extra ring in the front and as you twist that it gives you the the variable variable nd so you've got that and i tend to like the optical um, maybe just because it's just what I've been used to that's what I've always done um, but there are also people that say well it's digital it, it, you're not getting anything different ver- you know optical versus digital mm-hmm. uh, so you, but you're to me just the fact that it's doing it I guess
1: algorithmically right. or you know, okay. know I mean? is, is just
2: to me seems different and I prefer the optical
0: okay
1: right analog versus digital yes yeah, again exactly yeah and that I you know it's, To be a good shooter, you know, you definitely have to have, you know, the school of thought from the old style of actually making film on film. And, you know, all edit software is kind of based on that. Right. You know, I had a razor blade and, you know, a piece of film and I'm taping it together. And um, anyone I talk to who's been shooting for more than, you know, five years or something like that always has this, I need to feel it in my hands, I need to you know, actually control every part of this, which is not a bad thing for a filmmaker, but you know, it's, it's, you know, it's another thing that can go wrong. It's another, this, it's another, that, but Mm -hmm. if you practice like, you know, you should, if this is your career, you're going to know everything about it.
0: I talked to someone at Sony about this. And also just, it seems like it made sense. The younger filmmakers are less concerned about having as much control.
1: I okay. Think that's yes, absolutely true they
0: they are used to pressing touch touch screens and having everything happen for them yeah so this is an effort i mean i'm speculating here even though they sort of said this um that to kind of you know cater to the the generation coming up because they're not as you know honestly they're not as Technically proficient. Well, and a lot of them thing.
1: aren't going to film school the way right. people yeah. had in yeah. the past. Um, you know, they're
0: you know. using iPhones yeah. in in to make movies and
1: things I, like. Well, I hope not, but but it's true. <laughs> I mean, they like are. a
0: lot of people are doing that, and so like when you the, what you're talking about is almost be going to become something from the past in a way. So I can see why this is happening also, even with Autofoot yeah, and like, everything, yeah. you know?
1: I've noticed in the systems I design and the workflows I design, like who I design them for mm-hmm. is definitely changing. You have, you know, the I went to film school guy, and, you know, he's... the film school's changed. Yeah, but he's also... Mm-hmm you know, wants to use the tools that give him the most control. He's, you know, getting that DaVinci suite or whatever. Um, and then you have, I've got my iMac, I've got, you know, Avid, and, you know, I'm doing everything on that. And for a lot of things, that's enough. That's all you need. You can make something great with little or no hardware behind you. It's, it's an artistic thing at yeah. that point. So...
2: But there's also a financial aspect to yes, it. You yes, know, like yes.
1: If I had all the money in the world and I could you would get have a full results,
2: <laughs> <of sweet laughs> right? And yeah, great, sweet. But instead, I'm just going to download that free version of, Div- uh, yeah. version of yeah. Da Vinci, and I'm going to best just thing
1: they ever did. Correct on so that. that.
0: Yeah, that acquisition was
1: genius. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's but it's more than that. It's like I, you know, there are guys that have gone to film school and kind of had learned. The way you i soon learned where yeah. you know you have control and you want to be able to pick and choose all that stuff from raw what you need you know that nd filter information is all in there as well um and that's a different system than something i would design for you know a guy who's shooting you know just for youtube or something like that right um they're But these cameras are going to be kind of ubiquitous between the two styles of people. I mean, this is kind of that nice, super mid-range camera that's going to give you tools that you can use for cinematic stuff for... YouTube kind of reality TV stuff yeah, or whatever the I don't think YouTubers are going to use
0: this camera. I mean, like that Some are maybe you, the ones oh, who are yeah. making a lot of money. I
2: mean, yeah. somewhere in the world there's a YouTuber with an Arri Alexa. Yeah, yeah just right. because they can.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, wouldn't
1: that be awesome if everything looked like that <laughs> yeah. with
2: anamorphic prime lenses? <laughs> 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 he looked in <laughs> his like tutorial the on tutorial. how to use Premiere looks like the first 20 minutes of Blade Runner. Oh god.
1: I I do yeah. love seeing like <laughs> all these you know we were at the uh, the pre IBC thing and they're showing us the first footage shot on the FX9 and it that was cool. it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was gorgeous. And yeah. you're also yeah. watching it on their big crystal yeah. screen yeah. 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 which has got like you know 5000 nits just blinding yeah, you. Of course,
0: uh, yeah. But it <laughs> looked
1: amazing. Like, yeah. I'm like nothing ever going to be shot on this camera that looks this good <laughs> right yeah uh but again it's good to show that it's possible for it to you know shoot Blade Runner on yeah. this you know if you so desire it or, yeah you know not everyone's Ridley Scott anyway <laughs> <laughs> no
0: who's going to use this camera like I mean we talked about a little bit but you know practically who do you think will jump on this I think
1: the dock side. Dockside's gonna be the jump because yeah. those guys are using the fs7 pretty exclusively you know these days I mean it's you know it's a big camera in that market so adding yeah all these cinematic tools and the new Sony log whatever 709 whatever it is uh, s log 2 I think they yeah, call it too um, that's gonna to be a big deal for you know that kind of Venice color science coming right. down so documentary guys are gonna love this camera mm. And then, you know, maybe not so much broadcast, but certainly kind of interview mm-hmm. this type of situation where, you know, you're in a controlled environment, but shooting conversations, shooting that type of television,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, reality TV, of course. Um,
0: Would you use it?
2: Potentially. I mean, it, it, again, it, I think it depends on the type of production. I think if it was for, you know, I've gotten so used to just shooting with what I shoot with, Mm -hmm. but at the same time... Is that a
0: thing that, you know, I mean, because you talk to filmmakers a lot and they all sort of say that. There's a a lot of people who will say, I'm used to what I'm shooting with and all this stuff looks really pretty good these days, so I don't know if I'm going to spend the money to do this or that or...
2: Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're in sort of an embarrassment of riches right now because all the cameras, you you can spend very little money to get a very good camera, many of them being Sony cameras and uh you can you once you learn and again the run and gun people Ooh, it's drink. like uh, it's you get your camera, you learn it, you learn the ins and outs, and that becomes your the extension of you mm-hmm. and it becomes your your brush that you paint with, and you could get another one to lose and, and earn uh, learn with that, but uh, then you got to learn a whole of the camera
0: right
1: and again that raw workflow again, especially with the alpha series and canon 5 d and Nikon, whatever they all have their RAWs, and that allows you, you know, you know, to have all that sensor information. It's not just that you know because these were all designed to be still cameras initially, Mm -hmm. Um, and they shoot again great pictures. But video, film, however you want to do it, it's kind of a different animal. And uh, you know, it it took a lot of trial and error for you guys to get you know good you know, quality results from these styles of cameras. Yeah. But, you know, nowadays, again, you know, you have companies like Atomos and other, you know, raw kind of recorders mm-hmm. that will take, you know, that information right off the HDMI, have all that metadata ready to play with, and you can manipulate it and have it or premiere or whatever. And
0: Who's going to be worried about this? Canon? Do they care? Like, who's, who?
1: Well, everyone, Canon, Panasonic, you know, all the guys who make this style of camera. Right. Uh, but is
0: it something they're going to be that worried about?
1: There's always been healthy competition between yeah. them. I mean,
0: I guess know. what I'm getting it is, I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it's cool and it, it's great that they're moving forward with all the things they're doing with this. But there's nothing super revolutionary here. No, it just seems there's like there's a
1: lot yeah, it's better. It's revolutionary in the fact that now we have a camera that's kind of a hybrid cinema okay. doc camera which doesn't really exist right now mm. um, so it
0: is revolutionary yeah, it's
1: revolutionary well you know I would put this kind of on the range of you know that kind of mid-range RED camera or or the uh, I forgot the Panasonic cinema camera uh, but you know it's in the you know it's on that range of quality and utilitarianness mm-hmm. you know you can use it for a lot of shit
2: And to your point, too, like, would I use it? So, I guess, not having thought about it for a second, you know, if there was a project that was brought to me and they said, okay, we need you to shoot this, we need multi-cams, we need to be able to, like, sync these cameras, we need the gem lock, we need time code, Mm -hmm. you know, we also need, uh, it would be preferable, you know, it's going to be, Maybe sports, and we can't have uh, too much like jelly effect on the screen, you know, because it's going to be a lot of whip motion type of stuff. All of a sudden, you're looking at that, and I'm like, I don't know that I would use my A7 III because Mm -hmm. it kind of doesn't have these things and
1: these features. Did we talk about the anti jitter thing that they're doing, which is actually kind of neat?
0: Yeah, Hmm. Uh, we didn't. No. Um,
1: So, my understanding is, again, from the A Alpha series, it has. Shake-free,
0: uh, handheld footage.
1: Well, yeah, it's the shake-free, but it it's not actually... It's recording it's the shake, the but the stabilization is a metadata file, which, so you can kind of, you know, you, you don't have to lose your shaky cam look. Right. If you don't want to, you can modulate that.
2: And it yes. saves you... So does it save you the step of having to then, like, analyze the camera Well, it, data it doesn't actually
1: your... record the... The stabilization. Yeah. So that's, again, it's just metadata. Yeah. So, you know, it's an algorithm that they run through to remove everything. Well, they have a software
0: that you that it's yeah. Catalyst Browse, Catalyst Prepare. And, you again, that's going to come
1: into everybody's yeah. going to use that. Um, Catalyst is what they call it?
0: Catalyst Browse, Catalyst Prepare. Yeah.
1: So, essentially, your, your jitters are still there as bad as they are, but you can clean them up yeah. using this software in this metadata which is kind of neat idea so you know because a lot of people like shaky cams for driving in cars skateboarding I don't know whatever right and uh, so you don't want to lose it entirely sometimes 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 you do do. yeah Yeah. yeah so that's that's a neat little innovation that no one else is doing yeah
0: we we also didn't talk about how they have menu on the side. Of,
2: like, the, the audio inputs? yeah, yeah the independent cool. external.
1: It wasn't externals. just the
0: audio; it was more. Oh, than that.
1: yeah. The um, you you have a just a barrel that allows you to just, you can choose what you want. The menu options that this barrel will change right like, right on your right. hand, and uh, you
0: that's know, pretty cool. Yeah,
1: it's it's neat. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's revolutionary in yeah, any way. It's a way. perk. It's a nice feature. Yeah, but uh, the four audio thing—I think yeah. that's something people.
2: Yeah, because then you're you're able to again. They say you don't have to dive into the menus to start adjusting levels on, on whatever input you want to do. So that it's right on the side there. You can in, yeah. you know you can tweak each one independently however you need to and. That has got to save you time. Yeah,
1: I mean, no one just uses one microphone anymore. Right. You know. So.
0: Yeah, not having to go in and yeah, yeah that's and, and that's, that's pretty cool. Definitely, and built. that will
1: probably affect. So if you have the optional wireless mic functions, yeah, you know, those are going to control those inputs as yeah. well.
2: And this would definitely benefit those run and guns because uh, because you. you have time, you Drink. don't have time. To hire, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're gonna you're not going to necessarily have a sound person who's gonna because a lot of times you hire that sound person, they're going to have their own separate you know sort audio uh, capture and they're going to do that separately. But if you're just working on your, on your own, that comes in handy because then you have that ability to. To put in a bunch of audio sources and then control them how you need to. Right.
1: Yeah, as we found out as we were setting up for this, yeah. it's an important thing.
0: <laughs> uh, networked for high mobility. Um,
1: oh yeah, they're, they they have a. You know, I guess this will be. Oh yeah. One of the raw things. I'll hmm. uh, just uh, via Ethernet. You can.
0: That's cool. Uh,
1: get all your footage off your cue cards. Okay. And whatever. Versus having to have a separate reader. Right. Um,
2: and that was one thing that they were talking about, too. The cue cards being the same as the FS7 yeah. series?
1: Yes. And, and, older and all their yeah. cameras. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the same thing they were talking about, E-mount, is their universal mount. Right. Um, which is supposedly more secure than whatever. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: All yeah. the yeah. mounts are pretty secure the these days. I
2: know. I've never but. had a lens just fall off.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Unless but, someone did something wrong. Sony is very, very into their E-mount. Um, and then, you know, everyone has an adapter for everything. Right. So,
0: And as far as the extension unit, which is what people have been bitching about
1: online. Well, everyone's going to bitch mm. about that. Saying
0: that, that essentially there's a lot, just they're not happy with what isn't
1: well, included. Oh no, the- I have a brand new camera and I have to buy a new back for it. <laughs> <laughs> when has that ever happened before? <laughs> every it, it's every new camera has a new back. They're all, they're designed differently. You know, it, it, it's I it mean it might look the same size as the FS7, but it's not like the FS7. It's different internals. Different. Everything. You're going to need a new back. Um, you know, if you had decided to buy Sony wireless mics, you can probably still use them. Mm. Um, same thing with your batteries, you know, you can go from Anton Bauer or Sony or whatever it is you want to use. I'm sure they, yeah. So you're going to have to spend, I don't know what they're going to charge for the new back, but it's that it's the battery back, the D tap or whatever, you know, if you want to do raw you're going to need that's, SDI. You're going to need that. Mm-hmm. The wireless
0: audio supports in yeah, the You're going to need advanced network ex- it. capabilities. So that's
1: why in the beginning of the show we were talking about it's going to end up probably being 20 grand to be a complete camera.
0: I don't think they had a price on that extension unit. Yeah. Uh,
1: they didn't not at
0: not at the press event. Are they uh, and you know I'm, they not, probably seeing, I'm not seeing an SRP on their website <laughs> either. Well. Um but there are products that are compatible with it, so yeah.
1: But people are going to bitch because you know because they they spent five thousand dollars on it for their FS seven yeah
0: yeah,
1: and now what am I going to do with it five years yeah. later? I mean, come on, you got five years. You it earned itself back, I'm sure. Sure, <laughs> right.
0: But I mean, our, I mean. I don't know how many... Are a lot of FS7 users you think going to upgrade like automatically? Well,
1: if they're using it in the field, they almost have, they have to. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you need that big battery. You can't be plugged in unless you're in the studio right. doing something like that. You, you, I mean, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know? yeah. As, especially if for the running gun guys that they're trying <laughs> to sell this to. Right. <laughs>
0: uh, I want to talk about something you guys, we said <laughs> offline, but it was just interesting to me, which was... Uh, I think you mentioned that we're going to get to a point where, you know, you don't own a camera, it's a subscription.
2: But, yeah, I think we were talking about the idea of uh, your your theory, cutter about um, 6K capture, but you're getting a 4K image. What are the chances at some point that they're going to release a firmware that allows you to get 6K? Uh, if that's true, to me, it sounds kind of like the, you know, the the in-app purchase mm-hmm. right. of the camera right you know it's something they're building in so that later on there's something that you will want to pay for you don't have to get a whole new camera for it you just have to pay this smaller amount of money and get that 6k and so they, plans yeah, it. they
1: already do that for the venice so hmm. you can buy the i think for four grand or something like that the 6k filming upgrade which is a one-time license fee for that firmware and i you know it's you know, the software guys do this all the time, you know, where I need this codec, I need, you know, ProRes, I need, you know, XD cam. I need to do news kind of editing where I need to edit growing files. Mm-hmm. So each one of those will be a software app purchase, which you can have to a yearly subscription, like with Adobe, that will give you certain things or, you know, it's definitely the way it's gonna go with all these Everything. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you already have to do it, whether it's a free upgrade or not, you have to register at Sony or wherever and, you know, have an account set up and, you know, they use that information for their own purposes too. But in return, you get a firmware upgrade that allows you for this or that.
2: My hope on these is that there's sort of a a floor for where those kind of things don't happen below. You know right. like, these kind of cameras, these kind of things. Like you expect that the person that's going to be using these the most, they're going to kind of have that. They're going to want to get the best. They're going to want to get better uh, options for their cameras later on down the road. Whereas somebody who's just shooting on the A ser- the A seven series, you know, they're not going to necessarily be able to afford like, oh, I have to buy this now. You know, they're just going to save up their money. And, until the camera, next though. best camera comes down the right and try to use the one they have for as long as possible or as long as is allowable yeah.
0: based well, on deliverables. I mean
1: yeah, that's again the way it's always gonna work. I drive my fifteen year old car and I'm gonna drive it until it <laughs> can't be driven mm-hmm. anymore. And then I'll get a battery car or something like that. But yeah. it's you know, there's it always gonna be the case. And again as a shooter, you you get used to what you're doing. You can get the results that you need, whether you're shooting horror or, or sports or whatever. You can get the results you need with anything. Yeah. It's just how much work am I going to put into this to get the results that I need. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, this camera is not the Venice camera. So, right. you know... You probably get pretty good Venice results with a lot of the things they give you, but it's going to take X many more hours to get there than you would with anything else. Same thing with the cameras you're using versus whatever. You can get there. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, really the point. You know, how much do I have to do in post? Yeah. (laughs) You know, you can't fix everything in post, but you can do a lot.
0: Well, and I mean, so (laughs) with that, just sort of what I was talking about earlier with camera manufacturers sort of seeing the future with the younger generations wanting things they to are. be right yeah. a little less you know a little more I don't want to say dumbed down but that's kind of what came into my head when I Sim- he thinking about it
2: streamlined um, stream-
0: streamlined <laughs> yeah
2: nice <laughs> just throw that out there that's a good one <laughs>
1: uh, a little you more running guns <laughs> little
0: drink <laughs> given that uh, where where do you think the future of you know, because I... And maybe I'm just being a cynical old person, but it doesn't seem like cinematography as an art form is as valued as it was when I was in film school in the 90s, you right. know? And had to learn on 16 millimeter And, like, you know, really... And, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, we can get hate mail from people who are in film school <laughs> right now and say, no, I've been studying, you know... But it just, the younger filmmakers I talk to, it it, it is all about, post, it is all about everything in workflow and everything, you know, okay, what are you going to do with it after? It's not as, there isn't as much emphasis on actually cinematography and the whole well, process. I,
2: I think the, the biggest, to me, the biggest breakthrough uh, for these and what made the DSLRs Uh, So attractive to independent filmmaking is that they sort of, with you know, you and I, I worked with 16 millimeter cameras too. Yeah. And you had to bring the light to the camera.
0: Yep. Yep. If you
2: just turned it on outside somewhere, you know, maybe it'll look okay. If it's bright daylight sun, you got the right film stock. It's going to capture that. That's
1: if why you, LA is a film town. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
0: no, it's, it's totally. true. Totally. It's yeah. true. I mean, think about Boston in February trying to do yes. your thesis project, <laughs> yeah. okay? And, and, or and,
2: interiors. Yeah. You know, if you're in an interior, that's a whole other film stock you're going to have to shoot with. Or you're going to have to bring in can- uh, lights that look like foghorn or lighthouse right. Uh, right. Fernels, and And that's the thing. The light had to be brought to the camera. Nowadays, you turn that camera on, you have a decent. Set a glass in front of that sensor. You're going to be able to shoot inside, outside, right. no matter what, and it's going to look pretty good. And and that was the I think the biggest shift because the the upfront work didn't have to be as meticulous. Yeah,
0: and I, I, I liked having to learn all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, because well, I it's saw important some, to learn it all, all that. Was yeah. a, 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 there was a process that was an art form that was important, and I value that I learned it and that I had to literally go out into the streets of Boston. In like overcast and like figure out how the hell we were going to make that, yeah,
2: and then fail and then
0: fail and fail (laughs) and fail and and try exactly, but but you're right that an that was the shift and that's an important
1: shift. I see it shifting back though. Okay, I look, you know, there was you know the time and you know the early part of this decade where, yeah, kind of people stopped caring about quality because there was just so much content being mm. sh- shoved at you from everywhere. But now that we are in uh, this kind of a la carte entertainment world.
0: There's still so much content being but shoved at us from everywhere. But
1: the quality of that content is becoming more important. So you look at what... Is this? You look just, at, yes. You look okay, at what, yes. like, Amazon... Netflix, oh, well you're talking about that. Okay, I'm talking about this is what the content is coming to. Right, you can't just you know, and they have their flagship shows. They're you know their Stranger yep. Things. Your what was the new one? Carnival, Carnival
0: Row. I just interviewed the production uh, designer, yeah. and boy, is that an incredible! It looks amazing. Even does.
1: compressed to hell and streaming, it looks amazing. Yeah, and these this is where that kind of quality is coming back. So you have. You know, your 500 sources of your content entertainment on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet, whatever screen you happen to be looking at at that moment, you're going to have them all. Um, there are going to be things that I, I need to you to stay on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I need you to stay on Amazon for this hour and a half or whatever it might be. And one of the things is getting people to stay is, wow. This looks friggin' amazing. Yeah. But even on the film festival, where
2: the film festival circuit where I currently have a short film playing, you go to these film festivals and you sit down for a block of shorts, like let alone features or features, but like even the blocks of shorts that people are doing with next to nothing, Yeah. there is an expected level of quality That's you true. need to meet. Yeah. I mean, and that level keeps going up and up and up. I mean, you've got. You know, much like in our day, <laughs> our day, know. in the earlier days, like it was amazing when someone sprung for, you know, a 35 yeah. film shoot, right? right? It was right, like, oh my yes. God, they shot on 35. Yeah. You know, nowadays, you know, that equivalent is, well, I shot this short on like the Arri Alexa. I shot this on mm-hmm. the Venice. I shot this on, you know, the newest red helium or whatever, you know, yeah. and, and, and so, you that's the new that's the new norm you know and and there is no excuse for you to have sure. a crappy looking short because with the technology being what it is unless there's a tonal or uh, story point that requires you to make it look like crap there's there's just no excuse
0: you're so right and i mean especially cuz i spent time going through judging tons of film shorts in mm-hmm. the film festival and that is anything that looks like crap automatically out Mm. like you're right there is an expected
1: film festivals are brutal well but but it didn't used
0: to be i mean when i first went to sundance you know way back in like 93 or something like that like that wasn't quite the same i mean like it was that people were shooting on 35 it was a different situation but you forgave things and I, i think it's interesting that the quality is still garbage on youtube
1: and oh god, the, yeah. there's a, sometimes I've seen good YouTube there's stuff.
0: There's some, but it's <laughs> still for the most part. But it's usually garbage. A,
2: it's in a very small window. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you can get something, it's it's like on the more well lit side, saturated colors, you know, things like that will look great. The moment you get into like where my space is with the, the horror thriller range and you're talking about low light shoots, yeah. nights, things like that, like that YouTube compression just
1: it's looks yeah, it's garbage. A lot.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean that's the one Good thing about this next kind of IMF style workflow, where you know whether it's going to Netflix or Hulu, you're gonna have to package it in IMF format, right. which is which subtitles is what your and everything does, like that. By
0: the
1: way, One of the things, yes,
0: plug there. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: yes, parcel post for all your IMF needs. <laughs> um, but you know, they you know, their the requirements to actually do this package are pretty high quality. Because uh, they know they have to compress the crap out of it. Whereas YouTube, you can just give them your H two six four, yeah, H two six four, and they're going to run it through their algorithm. And they don't give a shit because no mm-hmm. one else does. But they just um, don't
2: also have the server space to hold anything. Yes, That's mega, yeah, mega high
1: megabit. Well, I mean, right? these days cloud storage is just unlimited at yeah. this point, you know. But still. Um, you, there, yeah, there is. You know, not everyone's going to be able to, you know, keep their 4K. Yeah, can you imagine if every video <laughs> on know. YouTube suddenly became like, you know, yeah, <laughs> Amazon yeah it couldn't. It does.
0: That's not their model. There's yeah. no way it could be that way. But I do think it's an interesting contrast because you're right. They're, like everything you see. I mean, Carnival Row is a great example. It is gorgeous. Yeah. It is stunning visually. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it yet?
2: No, I've seen the trailer. See yes,
0: yeah. it. to It's like absolutely magnificent in terms of the production design, the cinematography, and it's well done. It's a good story, but everything. Many of these things are looking like that. You know, all this stuff that you see, well, that required they're to. They're required to, yeah.
1: Yeah, because, you know, you have your choice of entertainment portals. Hmm. But who did...
0: So who did this? Is it Game of Thrones? Did they do it? Like, were they... Are they responsible for everyone's got to look this amazing? Or it's, is it a back... Th- is it a response to YouTube Netflix? Crap?
1: No, Netflix started it, I think. With what? With their whole streaming platform. Or oh, what, no, in particular I'm
0: talking about show? The pl- I'm talking about what? what... Where was that t- turning point where all of a sudden everyone was like, We gotta up our game to for this to look? Was it with four K coming in? Was it like with a particular well, I show? I think it's
1: with streaming is when it really started. Not just YouTube uh, streaming street- but this kind of all uh, you know, people now everybody's are
0: sick. competing. Well people are sick
1: it. of broadcast television. No one likes networks. They don't, networks. Want, to pay for they don't yeah. want to pay for cable. And they want to pay for what they want to see.
0: Yeah, and they and the, want to say, here people swear, and they want to see like, whatever they want. Like they want honest, and yeah. you know they're just
1: tired authentic of Time Warner, of, Spectrum, and also what network. the hell have you just screwing with you constantly? Yeah, like so you know people, you know now you can get your NHL. Game streamed. You can get your football game. Your right. Your NFL well, ticket, when I whatever. saw that
0: Amazon was streaming NFL, I was like, "It's over networks. Mm, yeah, goodbye." Mm. <laughs>
1: but the idea of everything being a la carte, I just need my broadband connection. Broadband is now like elect- having electricity. Yeah. you don't have broadband, you're yeah. cut off from the world. It's true. There's still um, a lot of places so, in the country that. So, but back to that, like stuff. I think Netflix, you know, which is the original behemoth of of you know streaming started actually spending money on their, you know, you know their know Well, they started crime. spending
0: money on content. Yeah. And so, they started, like, racking up. You know, so, South Park did that hilarious takeoff on it where just someone answering the phone, sure, we'll take it. Like, anything, <laughs> right. anyone who calls up, it's on. But they, you know. They I, didn't start with the quality. Yeah. Well, well,
1: that's well what, I remember, like, Stranger Things was yes. the first but thing. But that's that,
0: only been on for a few years. Yeah, but yeah. that
1: initial, when they first made that, they got, you know, X many new subscribers because everyone wanted to see that and you could only see it on Netflix. But it
0: wasn't because yeah. of the quality. It was because it was, of was the pretty fandom. High, it was pretty yeah, high quality it was and
1: fandom fandom is another part of it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Game of Thrones was another thing. Like, I think people started watching HBO again, you know, specifically that, you know, have their Game of Thrones parties right. or I, I whatever. I don't know,
2: there's some this pretty, like, my whole thought on this is this, I feel like it, it probably was more of a slow walk Staircase into where we are now, just because if you think way back in the day, The Wire, Sopranos. Oh my god. I mean, were those shows cinematic, like cinematography achievements? Not necessarily, but they looked good.
0: Well, I
1: remember Twin Peaks was the first one for me. Oh, yeah. That looked amazing. Yeah. But that you had to see.
0: Yes, that that was a turning point for fandom. uh, But that was, it got shot
1: on film. Yeah. It was. David Lynch. And then again with
0: X-Files. X-Files,
1: yeah. So, but I think in the last, since, you know, the aughts or whatever, when the internet broadband really became a thing, you know, YouTube, uh, you know, made it splash. Yeah, we started in the basement Mm -hmm. with the streaming and everything like that. It was
2: always somebody that's willing to take a chance. Like, who would have thought Twin Peaks would have been a network show? No, right, I mean, never, there's entire yeah. documentaries based around the fact that how the hell did this show even get it's made? Yeah. Let alone like what it was doing for television. Yeah. You know, and and that opened up a door for the next thing, and eventually you get into shows like HBO wanted to do something that was a little bit more like like, novelized, Mm -hmm. you know, The the Sopranos, to me, and and, and The Wire seems very much like something that was, you know, we're not telling your typical stories of, like, you know, episodic. It was much more like, this is multiple threads of characters, they're all weaving in and out of each other, and that, I think that content was important, because it then, I mean, look at Game of Thrones, is Game of Thrones... Structurally, that different from the wire. No, no, no you're right. No.
0: You're right. I mean, you're still following. Yeah. yeah,
2: You're following multiple tracks. Yeah. multiple characters that come in and out and change from episode yeah. to episode or season and to season. Yeah, blah blah blah. Game g- of Thrones. G- I just kept scared, you going. Yeah, it's the Game of Thrones is the culmination of everything you saw before. Because I mean, it's going, really
0: like, the soap opera model because that's what they sure. did for years.
2: But you know, not cheesy. No, of course,
0: <laughs> that, but I mean that story structure. Yeah. what has been built into the fabric of yeah. our you yeah. know yeah. storytelling mechanisms for many years. They yeah. just took it and made it into something. Well I mean it
1: started, you know, better. Lord of the Rings back in the whatever, fifties when he wrote it was like that. Um and you know, every kid, you know, between ten and twenty read that, you know, for yeah, he wrote a- it earlier than the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he wrote it, forties,
0: thirties? Uh twenties, thirties Really? Yeah, I think so. When was the first? one? was uh-huh. the- I don't know.
1: It was all. It was before my time, and <laughs> everyone here is going <laughs> everyone's yeah, time. But you know that kind of yeah, you yeah. know epic tale. You know, you, I mean, go back yeah. to Homer for I that mean, matter. I, I just don't <laughs> think
2: the budgets were even there for shows like that until not now. as a show, no, not yeah. as a show,
1: certainly not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean that this. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of this last season of, of Game of Thrones, you it was, was pretty spectacular. <laughs> we don't even looking.
2: have to get into that. I mean, content aside, story aside, they just, 10 just purely production. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's huge and it's massive, and it was probably you would never have gotten away with something like that ten years ago, maybe even five years ago, because no one was willing to take a chance on something that big. Well, well except know? that it's but now been 10 years. Oh, sorry, yeah. no, sorry, fi- no, sorry, five years or ten years before, before the first yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. yeah You're right. Sorry,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but. You, you, again we started in the basement in yeah 2000 2005 um and you know as technology has advanced and it's advanced exponentially i mean what i was building in 2000 is you know un, unth- unthinkable to even work on yeah. these sweet. days DigiSuite, Suite, yeah, with, uh, Matrox, uh, and, uh, with
0: uh, Discrete Edit and Adobe Premiere, or Speed Razor. Speed razor
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, that, that that was hard just working in standard def back then, yeah. And you know, what you were spending a hundred thousand dollars on in two thousand to, you know, deal with digital intermediates from film, uh, you know, you you're doing on your phone, you're doing mm-hmm. on your laptop right. now it's in, it's it's insane you're still having to spend a good amount of money to do something that's you know now dealing we're dealing with 8k and 16 i know well, that's a
0: whole other thing it's like, i already deal with that workflow
1: yeah but yeah. it's it's coming whether yeah. you like it or not I, and, but,
0: yeah. but here's
2: my question to you how many K do we need? <laughs> I think four K
1: four K is kind of the equivalent of thirty-five millimeter, right. which is what we've been looking at in movies forever. Yeah. So, so there's going to be those select things that need so eight K, which would be the equivalent of like IMAX. Yeah,
0: but who's going to so, have that kind of screen to really thinking, appreciate it in their house? No, you know? and nobody.
2: But my thinking is that like for so many years you know you're going back to days of of like um lawrence of arabia there's a reason that there was a film stock there was never a film stock that was bigger than 70 mil right Right. there might have been it might have been experimental but there's a reason why none of it became commercially viable because the human eye just can't process anything beyond that so why bother also and it's expensive and it's expensive (laughs) yeah so and, and i feel like the same thing hopefully will apply to the sort of The K model, which is like, how many K do you really need before it just becomes diminishing returns? I think. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, you know, are we going to twelve K, ten K, twelve K, whatever? What do you get? No, but I think. Well, well, this is one thing. Uh, In Japan, next year the Olympics are going to be broadcast in eight K. In eight K, that's right. That's going to be you know you know we couldn't possibly do broadcast eight K here in America because you know our infrastructure sucks. But uh, but they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's. Gonna be the next level of thing. It's right. gonna happen, you know. But I, I see AK as yeah the IMAX of things. You, yeah, certain, you know, Planet Earth style documentary. You know, sure.
0: Awesome. But again, but, you're right. We it's not something anyone needs. Let,
1: yeah.
0: Let's bring it back to the good old 4K? Sony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any? Why do you guys both go through any kind of like? Well, just overview wrap up ideas on all,
1: on that same kind of theme that we're talking 4k is the thing 4k is 35 millimeter you're going to have to move to 4k very soon if you haven't already um you know whatever streaming platform hulu netflix H- mm-hmm. you know whatever they're going to require a 4k deliverable so you know so
0: that means yeah if you yes, haven't done like camera. as he moved
1: <laughs> he moved from canon to sony Uh probably primarily just because you had to start shooting four K right. That was number one. Number one. So if you haven't done it, you gotta do it now. All these cameras
0: How does that apply to this specific? Well F S
1: nine, F X nine. Um these yeah, they're all they are four K cameras. But um but you know that's basically the thing. You you need the highest quality four K that you can afford for whatever project you're doing. Whether this is a purchase or a rental you gotta to start dealing with this and this is fx9 is looking like one of the better options for affordable 4k so okay. when you're in a camera with a whole package at twenty thousand dollars these are you know you're you have, it, you have
0: yeah. your red uh,
1: what was the red epic epic whatever Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. it's not healing that's their big big that's new the, one okay but you know the red epic You have this, and you have, uh, you know, Canon's got an option, Panasonic's got an option, but they're all in this kind of $20,000 kit range. And Sony, just from what I've seen, you know, with the S-Log color stuff, the autofocus, these kind of little things kind of bring it into that, at least cinema B-cam realm, if Mm -hmm. not, you know full cam- you know primary yeah, for, camera or for low budget stuff certainly, certainly low, low budget B. uh documentary low budget you know you have you know a lot of neat little cinema options for quality stuff and then you know we'll see what the raw is like in that workflow yeah but yeah we'll get back to you on that but it could be awesome it could be impossible we okay. we don't know and my
2: my thinking on it, it's just sort of like to me, it seems like Sony does a great job of actually listening to feedback and trying to incorporate things that they see as like
0: yeah, what I their
2: customers want. Um, you know, Canon has always been a bit weirder; like they're very tight-lipped about anything, and then they release a camera and they're like, "Yeah, but this doesn't have the things that we, I thought we were going to get." <laughs> something like this or something yeah. like that, and they're like, "Well, this is what we're giving you." Uh, and sometimes, <laughs> it, sometimes it worked really well for people because
1: they're like, "Oh, this is actually great." Uh, well, whereas with Mark 5 is or Mark Four, or- yeah examples of that. You know. Yeah. And I, so like, the, I didn't think this would work, but wow, it works. right?
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and I think what they've done really well is they've tried to pick some of the more popular features and options from all their lines of cameras, and they try to incorporate it into one hybrid camera that can really be flexible into a lot of different situations. Yeah. So I could definitely see, you know, you're going to see filmmakers and, you know, cinematographers like picking up a camera like this because it happens to fit their particular model or what they want. Production companies need, you know, for, for broadcast, will get this camera because again, it just fits their predict- particular situations. And I think because they hit so many of those touch points, it's going to, it's going right. to be uh, use you know, very flexible.
0: Right. I mean, I, I agree that Sony has always been very customer-focused. And, I mean, let's face it, they've owned the camera market for mm. the, you know forever, for the most part. DSLR has kind of changed things for them a bit. But they to me, with this, just especially like seeing them in that press event where they talked about it, it felt like earnestly they had thought this out. Yeah. And that they had really worked with customers to figure out what what made sense and what was going to make sense for them moving their line towards the future and all of that yeah and you know people can bitch all they want about having to you know not having everything on the unit but <laughs> i mean I, I do i do think that they thought this out with customers of mine so all right well thank you both you're that welcome was, that, well, was that was great. a great conversation thank you And uh, you can hear more podcasts from the HMC Network at the hmcnetwork.com and also thecreativecow.net. Thanks very much.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.